Hey guys, welcome to the Behavior Tech's Anonymous podcast. I am your host, Ms. Ashley, and I'm a behavior tech. Let's reinforce some of my behaviors. Hello and happy holidays to all of my Behavior Tech's Anonymous listeners. I am your host, Ms. Ashley. Thank you for coming to this meeting. I am so excited that the year is over for for like multiple reasons, for many reasons. Um, Number one, right now I'm really excited because my school semester has just finished and I am just so relieved. I feel like now I can really breathe. I can focus on this kind of stuff more for a little bit until my spring semester starts. And I can just like have actual like time to myself because I literally was out here busting my biscuits for school so now I can kind of like relax and actually do things I want to do instead of you know basically slaving away and selling my life away for a decent education so I just want to say that I hope you guys are enjoying your end of December your end of the year I hope you had a happy Hanukkah a Merry Christmas a good Kwanzaa. I hope that you guys had a happy Eid, all of the holidays. Happy holidays to everyone, especially to all of the behavior technicians out there who are trying to do their job without trying to focus too hard on what they're missing out on for the holidays, which by the way, is an easy fix if you work in a school setting, which is kind of what I'm going to be touching on today, is how it is to work in a school setting. And I love it. I do. Maybe I'm biased at this point because the school setting is like the place for me to be. I just really can't say enough good things about it. And I know, you know, if you've listened to my um, episodes in the past, you've heard me rant and rave already about it, about how nice it is to just be in a school setting and be able to just like live your life after you get off work and not really have to worry too much about if your client's going to cancel or where your next paycheck is going to come from or how much money you're going to get. And I'll tell you why. Because when you work in a school setting, like through the school, not through a company that's like into a school, I don't know anything about those yet. But if you're hired in the school district, in the school itself, you get to have every single holiday that the school has off, off. And it's just so nice. It is so wonderful to just randomly have a week off in the spring, three months off in the summer. Mine's been paid. I got a good gig where it was paid throughout the summer. And just now, like, I'm having, like, a winter holiday break for the last two weeks of December. And then I go back, like, January 3rd or something. And it's just so, like, I felt like I could breathe when I entered a school setting from the clinic slash in-home settings. And for those reasons. Also, the benefits that come with the school setting are crazy good. Because you get like the teacher benefits, which, you know, teachers don't get paid a lot. Everybody knows. But their benefits are great. It's just so good. So I have to see like a lot of like specialists, like the cardiologists and neurologists and like stuff like that. It's like like $30 visits to those things. Like, as, like, the copay, it's nuts. It's crazy. It's so nice. And, like, a dental vision, 
I have name brand glasses on right now because the vision insurance covered like really good frames. Like I think I paid $25 out of pocket for my glasses. And that like included like the anti-glare. And then um, my one pair of glasses has like the transition lenses so that I can see my baby blue eyes can see while I'm driving. They don't hurt, start watering and stuff. Anyway, got sidetracked. But all that is made possible by the school setting, okay? And like, oh, the dental insurance too. Let me tell you, I'd be going to the dentist. <laughs> Which I know it might sound like funny to people who maybe have not really experienced not having those things. But in the clinic, I really did not have those things. Like the insurance was available there, but it was like astronomically expensive. It it just, I wouldn't have anything really to take home after the insurance came out. And then when I went to the doctors with it, the copay was crazy. It was crazy high. Like I had to pay, I think like $150 at one time just to visit like my primary care doctor. And now it's, it's zero dollars. It's zero dollars for a checkup. So it's a big difference for me and like a really big game changer. And I left one school for another for, you know, personal reasons. And that was like one of my stipulations because I didn't know if that was just like a one school type of thing or if that's kind of how it was at like other places too. And so far, I have found that both schools have the same kind of insurance, and it's just really relieving to be able to know that I have that kind of coverage. Not to say that the insurance itself is, like, cheap when it comes out. However, it is not super expensive, and also it's worth it to me, especially with how often I have to go to the doctor. And then, too, like, if I ever decide to, like, make a family of my own, I know that we'll have, like, that good insurance to kind of fall back on and stuff. And it's just nice. So, anyway, other than the amazing insurance that I could apparently go on and on about for over five minutes. And, you know, the breaks, all the days off. Like, okay, hang on, real quick. So, I work, like, a contracted number of days. And... That's like 185 or 190 days throughout the year is the days I'm physically working. And then all the other days, I get paid as well, even when I'm not working, which is nice. It is a good breath of fresh air. It's literally like a dream job. So you guys will see me like on Instagram and on Facebook and in like um, different like RVT support pages and stuff. Every time someone asks a question about a school setting, I like get so excited because I cannot stress it enough that it is, I, I feel that it is the perfect place for an RBT who also has a family or wants to have a family. I, it's better for, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, it's better for a work-life balance. I mean, it's perfect. It helps with burnout. It helps it just immensely with everything. Like last summer, was it last summer? Yeah, it was last summer. In June, my family and I were able to go to California and I didn't have to like worry about what I was, if I was going to get paid or like coming back on time because like 
I just didn't have to work again until August. So I just went to California and I could have been there for as long as I needed to and as long as I wanted to because I was still going to get paid the same amount. I knew that everything at home was going to be caught up and like it was perfect. I couldn't have asked for a better situation. And I kind of want to keep that gravy train going. And I also want other people to be able to like experience that too. So if you are looking for a job and you're an experienced RBT, but we're going to get into that. I would highly suggest the school setting. Um, and being experienced in the school setting is important. So if you are a brand new RBT or BT, whatever, if you're new in the field, I don't suggest the school setting for you. You have to be very independent with a lot of things. And it's a lot harder when you're brand new. Like I couldn't have done it as a brand new RBT, like I would have been completely lost and confused. I would have struggled and I would have quit, to be honest with you. And all the perks of being in the school setting are nice. However, it is extremely difficult. Um, you're dealing with a whole other like slew of things. And just if you don't already have a good base for knowing like behaviors and you've like maybe like just passed like the registration exam, I just don't suggest it. You need to be in like a clinic or an in-home setting somewhere where other RBTs and BCBAs are close by so they can answer questions and you can grow and you can learn and you can work on your skills. Going into a school setting, you need to be able to have those skills already. Um, not to say that you won't be learning anything because you will, but you need to have like a good solid understanding of the RBT competency before you go in there. Um, It'll make it a lot easier for you, not necessarily just for the kids, but also for the adults, because the hardest thing about a school setting are the adults, and it can be very challenging when you're already struggling with your client or whoever you're working with, and then another adult comes up and starts like berating you about it and telling you that you're like, horrible and you're a horrible person, you're doing horrible things and that you're basically like worthless and like a waste of a paycheck. And you might be thinking like, oh my God, that's horrible. Yes, it is horrible. You're right. It is really horrible. That is not an over-exaggeration. That is things that have been said to me. I have also been told that I am ineffective, which completely broke my heart. I have been told that I am just more trouble than I'm worth, I guess. So here's the thing. Um, teachers are under a lot of stress and everything is their fault. That's what I've learned in a school setting. Everything all the time is the teacher's fault. No matter what happens, it's the teacher's fault. So when they have us come in, when they have the support staff come in and we are doing the best we can with who we have and it's not working, the fact that it's not working, and that's in quotes, not working, comes back on them. So it looks bad on them from, you know, their principal, from the board, from parents, um, from other teachers, from the district. It all looks bad on them. And I, it's in my experience that they get really frustrated and number one, they already don't understand what we're doing or they have negative notions about ABA or they don't understand that we're not there to help them like pass out papers and cut up 
stuff for them. They want the support. They don't understand what we're there for. And honestly, I've had to explain it a good five, six, seven times to a lot of teachers before they fully get what I'm saying or they just give up asking and asking me for things. And that's not really great either when that happens. Um, and a lot of being in the school setting is, <laughs> is like explaining yourself, which again, like this is another reason why experience is a big factor in working in a school setting. Because yes, while they do want the help, what they want more is to like understand. And if you can't fully understand and explain your job and the different aspects of like what you're doing and why you're doing it, it can become very frustrating. And yes, you can have them talk to your BCBA. I do that when they get like a little bit too hostile with me. I'm like, okay, well, this is my supervisor. You can talk to them about it. And they're like, I will. You know, all angry. I will. Okay. Good luck, baby. So you can have them do that. I just find it's easier because you are there. So if you're comfortable with it and you have the ability to do it, I would just try to build that relationship with them and explain to them as much as you can, like who you are, what you're doing, what ABA is, why you can only work with certain kids and why you like react the way you do. I know that after I explained like de-escalation training to them and why when I come into a hostile situation, when I come in, I am not hostile. Like I'm not like all amped up. Like I'm calm. I stay stone faced. I do what I need to do. Um, and after I explained that to them, a lot of teachers said that they just thought I was like underreacting to the situation. Like I was coming in and I was like almost mocking them because of how calm I was. And I was like, oh no, like I felt like horrified when they said that because that's awful. This must be like an awful feeling to have when, you know, you're student is throwing chairs at you and trying to stab somebody with a really sharp pencil, which really hurts, by the way, when they get you. But yeah, so teachers are hard. They're having a hard time. They're going to give you a hard time. Not all of them. Not all of them. A lot of them will, especially if they have been doing this for a very, very long time. I have found that like the brand new teachers are the ones that are, are like they're open-minded to like suggestions and stuff. I've had a teacher tell me that they had been told by their principal in the year 1989 that they were the best at behavior and they didn't want me in their classroom. They didn't need me in their classroom and that I was not welcome in their classroom. And I explained to them like, okay, I have to like follow like this kid around, this kid and this kid. So you might be seeing me. And they were like, no, I don't want you in there. And I talked to my supervisor and she was like, fine, if she doesn't want you in there, then just don't go. And I said, okay. So I didn't. And the kids started cutting up in there and they just got like sent to the office. And I was in the office and I was like, hey, and they were like, hey, which is another thing about the school setting is you have to be willing to let go of control. Because in clinics and in home, you know, we have like that control over the client and over like the environment. You can't really manipulate the environment in a school setting. Like it's basically it is what it is. So you have to be flexible and you have to, I guess, like environmentally like manipulate yourself 
and try to like be a chameleon and like blend into different environments and get really creative and try to figure out, okay, like this kid's escalating. He's throwing stuff. There has to be a place I can take him so that he can calm down. And sometimes there's not. Sometimes it's just you and him in a corner. And it can be very stressful. Um, It's not perfect. It's not a great solution. However, sometimes you really just have to do what you need to do to keep them safe, others safe, and yourself safe. And, you know, like every situation's different. Every child's going to be different. Every teacher, every classroom, every school is going to be different. And you have to be able to learn what each rules are. Teachers will have different rules and procedures in their classrooms. Each school building will have different rules that they have. Like some schools, for example, want their kids to be walking with their hands behind their backs and like a bubble in their mouth, like keeping their mouth closed. Some schools want them to walk with their hands at their sides and their mouths, again, can be closed, but with no bubble. Some classes, some schools let you wave to the kids in the hallway. Some schools do not let you wave to the kids in the hallway. Instead, you have to like use like your pointer finger and just like, like inchworm hello with it. And you can't say hello. You just have to like wiggle your finger at them and they'll do it back. And they call that like a silent wave. It's very strange. It's very different. And it might seem just like super trivial. However, it really means a lot to school staff when you follow their rules and you do what they ask you to do. It helps to like build a relationship and then they like you more and you end up really liking them more. And it just makes it easier for everybody involved, especially when like conflicts arise because then they feel more comfortable like talking to you and coming to you and it's just a lot better. And I know I just said like a lot of like crazy things about teachers and school staff, but you should know that some of my very favorite people in the whole world right now have come from the school setting. And I'm talking like everybody, like I put in the work. I had a BCBA show me how to like focus on like my soft skills and really just get to know people and talk to people and like the value of creating these relationships. And I mean, it makes a big difference. And I did it with everybody from the teachers to like the, um, like the recess aid, lunch aid monitor people, um, to the secretaries and the school nurses. Like I got to know everybody and everybody knew me. And it was just like a breath of fresh air walking in. It was like, okay, like they have my back. I have their back. Like I am here for them and they know that and they're here for me. And it's just really nice. It was a really nice time. Keep in mind that everybody's going to like you. However, oh, well, like get over that. Like not everybody is going to like you all the time. And if you think that everybody does like you, I feel like there's a good strong chance that everybody actually hates you and you should probably figure that out. Sorry. Um, Another kind of cool thing about working in a school setting is you don't really have to interact with the client's parents too much. I just am always on edge around parents. Um, Not that they like don't like me, but because I never really know what they're going to say because they don't really have a relationship with me. Um, Parents are always like hard because, you know, they're already going through stuff too. And, and I don't know if anybody had listened to my last podcast about working at home, but I just, I just am not a fan of interacting with parents. I always just feel it's, it's like a skill that I need to learn to be really better at. 
which you'd think I would be better at because, you know, I did like the preschool teacher thing and all this, but it's like, eh. I just never know what I'm going to be walking into because, you know, sometimes in my experience, the parents had been like super open and wanting to talk and like having a good time. And then like the next time I see them, they'll be like angry at me and they'll be like yelling at me and I won't understand what's going on. And then I'll see them again and they'll be like really short and very rude. And then they'll like mention something about something that happened. And I'm like, I don't understand what you're saying. Like, why are you upset with me? I just don't like it. It's very hard. Um, I do try. I do try really, really hard. Um, I want to build those positive relationships with them. And if they're open, like I, I try to weasel in there so hard, but I can only do what I can do. And, you know, like, it's not like we serve the easiest population, you know, like our kids need us for a reason. So it's just a lot, I think, for everybody. Um, I'm hoping in the future there will be like a more better like flow of system, like, especially for like communication wise, because I feel like sometimes things happen and like the teachers aren't told, the parents aren't told, sometimes we're not told. And it's just like a big endless loop of he said, she said, and it's not beneficial. So hopefully in the future, like all that stuff will get kind of like sorted out and then it'll be like way easier. Um, so another thing about being in a school setting is there's different ways to be working in a school setting, if that makes sense. So there is the first way I've done school setting, which is one-on-one with a client, same client all day long, um, just working with them in one classroom. That's just that's just one way is it's not good. It's not bad. It was just like, whatever. I feel like going from the clinic to a school setting, I feel like that was like a good transition for me. Um, but then after that I did in a classroom, but the classroom didn't have a teacher. It was honestly a mess. Like that was, I don't even want to talk about that right now, to be honest with you, because that's like a whole other podcast. Um, but I was in like this classroom and there was like a bunch of us in there and it was, ugh, it was chaotic. So that's one way to do it too, I guess, being in a chaotic classroom. And then there was the way that I preferred, which was, um, I like floated around a school. Like I had like multiple clients and I went and I checked on them and I worked with them, um, for a couple minutes throughout the day. And, you know, we, I worked more, mostly with like the teachers and the adults and stuff and training them on like behavioral procedures and what to do if this happens and that happens. And really just kind of like learning how to coach them through those behaviors. It was really cool. I really prefer that. Um, and then there is also what I'm doing now at this new place that I'm at where I am in a classroom and I'm like an RBT. I have like a little group of kids that I see in the classroom and it like rotates. Um, and that's really nice too. I feel like that this is what I'm doing now is like the easiest that I've ever, I've ever had it as an RBT. Um, because I do, I just have like this little group of kids and we do, um, my ABA stuff and we do like a little bit of like curriculum in there and then we switch groups so it's just like what letter is it a you know that's like what the curriculum is and anyway it's nice it's really calm it's a whole different perspective I think it gave me a little bit of a better insight of what like classroom teachers have to go through excuse me classroom teachers have to go through like um 
in schools and not just like in like a preschool because preschool is pretty like I mean it's pretty lax you can do like your own thing a lot of the time but like in a school like you really can't like you have to like follow the curriculum pretty closely and I think it just gave me like a new insight on why teachers were so like anxious all the time about it because it is a lot it's a lot to have to like almost like cram down their throats for them to like stay on task now obviously like our kids have a little bit more like leeway because of like their IEPs and their VIPs and stuff like that but still like I get like really anxious because like I feel like I'm really in charge of like all of their futures because it's like okay well you have to learn this and you have to learn like the behavioral approaches and all this stuff and it's it's a lot when I talk about it it's a lot but when I'm actually like doing it like I feel like it's like a really smooth transition like it's nice um but kind of like as always, when you're in any setting, the BCBA that you have matters. And I'm going to be saying this a hundred million times in the course of this podcast, that having a BCBA that has your back, that understands like what you're going through and is willing to grow and learn and advocate and try for you makes a huge difference. It makes all of the difference in the world. I don't think I would have lasted in any type of school setting if I didn't have the BCBAs that I have had. They're wonderful. I really appreciate them. Um, And without them treating me like a real person instead of just like an extension, like an RBT, just, just a tool to use to get their job done. But they treated me like a person. They helped me grow. They answered questions. They helped me navigate things. And without them, like I couldn't have done it. And that's also very important. So if you enter a school setting and you're like, Miss Ashley told me that this was going to be easy peasy and I'm feeling very stressed out right now. There are parts that are stressful. Your BCBA should be there to back you up and help you. And if they're not, then, you know, same advice that I give any other setting, quit. Just quit. There are other places out there that are hiring for RBTs all the time. I get the messages on LinkedIn I see the posts on Facebook. I get it everywhere. People want good quality RBTs and they're kind of hard to come by because so many people are leaving the field. So if you are passionate about being a behavior technician and you would like to stay a behavior technician and you're feeling like you're not getting supported, just quit. Find another place to go. You are not obligated to stay for any reason. And as long as you do everything by the book, like you're going to be fine. And by that, I mean, you know, like give your two weeks so you can't be slapped with a client abandonment thing. Because in the group that I'm in on uh, Facebook, somebody got hit with the client abandonment and now they like can't be a behavior technician anymore, let alone a registered behavior technician. And they had been one for years, like I think like five years. So just keep that in mind when you're getting ready to quit. But anyway, um, that's pretty much the school setting, you know. Study schedules, Monday through Friday, 7.30 to 2.30, maybe 8 to 3, I don't know. But I really can't say, like, enough about it. I really do appreciate the school setting. Um, If you guys have any questions about a school setting or you, like, want to know more, you can email me at hello at behaviortextanonymous.com. You can also find me on Instagram at behaviortextanonymous. Um, you can follow me on there, too, if you want. You can share stuff. I have fun memes that I made and I like to post them on there. Um, I also try to be a little bit inspirational. So 
if you could just like and share and maybe screenshot, send it to your buds. I don't know. Whatever people do, I would appreciate that. And same thing for this podcast. If you like it, go ahead and subscribe. I try to post every other Tuesday, and I'm going to be sharing all things about behavior technicians, sharing stories, yada, yada, yada. We're going to be having a good time. And before we leave, I'm going to read one of our ethics, and today is ethics code 1.09. RBTs are aware that their personal biases or challenges, example, mental or physical health conditions, legal, financial, marital, slash relationship challenges, may impact their ability to effectively carry out their behavior technician services. If their biases or challenges may impact services, they take steps to resolve the issue, example, developing an action slash care plan, reporting their supervisor, refraining from working with clients until the issue is resolved, reporting to the BACB, and document these actions. So there you go. If you have a bias, let people know. If you have an issue, tell people. All right. Thank you so much for joining me for this meeting of Behavior Text Anonymous. I hope to see you guys next time. Please be safe out there. Enjoy the new year. Have a good time. And I'll see you in two Tuesdays.